open up your books, you bad apples. I suppose before anything is actually said and done, uh, I think I gotta just, I gotta, I gotta come at you hard after listening to all six of the episodes multiple times. And I think, uh, I think that while our, while our boy Raskolnikov was obviously no saint, I think you were being a little too hard on him. Me? Oh yeah. There are multiple times in the episodes, there are multiple times in the episodes when you call him like the worst person alive and all that. And like I said, he's no saint, but, uh, he's also not completely unredeemable he just had a lot going on and i'm not saying that every person who has a lot going on has the right to kill someone but uh i don't think he's that bad of a guy i like raskolnikov and that's the thing that's the thing that i feel like most people struggle with with this book is that should i like it's like breaking bad you know you shouldn't like this guy but here you are feeling empathy for him and yeah yeah, but yeah, his maybe story, I was a bit too hard. His story is a sad one, but I will say I, I'll also kind of throw myself to the wolves here. Re-listening to the episodes, like I said, um, I also did realize that outside of doing the murders, he was also a bit of a handful. <laughs> yeah, a bit dramatic. Just to put it lightly. Yeah, a bit well, dramatic. Well, yeah, he's just, I don't know. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bad Apple Book Club. I am your host, Lucas Nord. And I am your host, Cole Lang. And Cole, pal, before we even get into thinking about talking about anything book-related other than that preamble there, how's it going today? Not too bad. Just just living today, man. Yeah, uh, just. tried deadlifting for the first time in a while and that was fun uh no sorry but deadlifting is the it's when you have it at your feet and then you pick it up and then like do that rolling your arms back thing and then lift it straight up oh yeah like no bench i mean okay 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 okay. that sounds like a lot of work it was but i gotta say it might be my new favorite lift i'm i'm getting back into lifting and um yeah, it's it's been a been fun. I'm actually able to put on some pounds now. So, uh, how many stay reps tuned. did you do? Uh, I did three Is that sets. What you call them? Uh, yeah, yeah. I did like three sets of eight. That is twenty four for anyone at home that can't <laughs> do basic math. Twenty five. Twenty five. Um, how are how are you doing today? What uh, you are you in the new house right now? Nope. On Tuesday, the twenty eighth, which I think, if things go our way, will be the day after we upload this. We'll just see where that goes, though. I suppose I will be moving into my own little slice of heaven. It's all I've been thinking about for the last month and a half, and I'll even uh, probably try to dedicate a small spot in it to be like an actual quote-unquote studio for recording and now folks everyone tells you that you can't make money in podcasting but we got a new homeowner uh and correct me if i'm wrong but all of the down payment and everything is coming from the profits from this podcast right 
It's coming directly from the podcast, but I need to pay for the 15 uh 15 car garage by myself unfortunately. Ooh. But you know, I can cover the other 18 rooms in the mansion just fine. You know what I mean? Uh yeah. let's just say it's not like I can't afford it. <laughs> I, I had all this money that's coming from the podcast, dude. I I don't know what to do with it. Like I'm just kind of sitting on it. Like I'm like the Joker in the Dark Knight. I just want to light it on fire and slide down it. You know. I actually really want to watch that movie again, but it is just such a commitment. It is, it is. But it's it's one of those movies I find myself watching um, once every few years. Very memorable scenes in there. Like you were just saying, the money burning or when that guy has the cell phone in his gut. Ew. Ooh. I, I re- okay, so I remember when that movie first came out. And Uh-oh. I was in... This, 2008. Yeah, I, I was in the summer camp for... Remember the road guard thing we did in the mornings? No. Oh, well, we had to go to a camp for it. It was a very um, prestigious camp. And, uh, yeah, that's when the movie came out. And, like, everyone there was legit scared of the Joker, including myself. I remember going to the theater and, like, just peering in to the Dark Knight. And, like, the Joker just scared the shit out of me. It's a powerful performance by Heath Ledger, R.I.P. R.I.P. How do you think, do you think you'd do a good Raskolnikov? Do I think Heath Ledger would do a good Raskolnikov? Yeah, if he was still alive today. Okay, now see, I can't answer that question very well, but I can say that I did want to watch the Crime and Punishment movie from like, I uh, think it's from the 60s or something, but 80s. it's like four hours long. I, okay, so I just put on part one last night and I started falling asleep to it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like... That might be the one instance where, like, the book will do fine until they make a remake with The Rock playing Raskolnikov in the next couple of years. (laughs) Um, That's what I need. But I will also say, too, this is actually a thought that I've had, like, ever since finishing the book that I've wanted to talk about. And I just always forget until I am listening to the episode One thing that I really liked about this book is that I'm always like reading books for movies that I really like. But then Mm. when you watch A Clockwork Orange and read the book, you can't help but picture Malcolm McDowell as Alex, even though there's a big age difference between the character in the book and how old Malcolm McDowell was, which is kind of, you know, an interesting thing to think about. But Crime and Punishment, it is completely up in my imagination. Isn't that kind of fun? It is very fun because, like I said, I think literally 90% of the other books I've read are just because I wanted to read where the movie came from. But, yep, I I have a mental image of Raskolnikov's cupboard apartment and just what he looks like in general. And, you know, I mean, it's it's great when it's just right up in the old noggin. Yeah, I don't... Crime and Punishment is just like one of those movies or I guess books that I see it'd be very hard to adapt, I think, but I could be wrong. But it just I feel like if it was easy to adapt to, then there would already be like a famous movie of it. But who knows? 
now I suppose I'll just uh, I'll say that I think that the idea for this episode here is a bit more of a laid back thing coming off the heels of uh, our wonderful six parter outline written by you great job listening to the episodes at work I'm not even kidding you I just it's bringing me right back to reading the book and I'm really glad that I get to do that in the future for when I maybe want to revisit crime and punishment but I don't want to read 600 pages it is nice to record an episode where it's just kind of relaxed setting you know we're just kind of spitballing here it's gonna be a book review but at the same time like overall discussion yeah yeah and it's for the audience at home to just sit back and relax and we're gonna we're gonna do a review of this book and just um talk about it some more so pour yourself a nice gin and tonic wherever you are Mm. maybe you like screwdrivers maybe you like vodka cranberries i don't know no straight vodka a little bit Straight vodka. Straight vodka. We gotta oh. be. We gotta be true to the book here. Okay. True to the book. Just like uh, that method acting thing. You need like the cheapest, hottest vodka you can get. Ugh. Oh man. Yeah. No. I really regret making those words right now because <laughs> it's all I can think of. Um. Oh. So yeah, we'll just kind of be doing a overall discussion here, and I, I guess the first thing I want to ask Cole is uh. Are there any overt themes that you took away from reading the book? And once again, writing up the outline, which I'm writing the outline for this second series right now. And I know that that makes me look at the book from even a whole other perspective when you know where everything goes and stuff like that. Overall themes. Uh, that That's the kind of fun thing about this one is that there was actually a mul- multiple themes from like, Obviously, the biggest one was isolation and just kind of mental anguish. Um, mm-hmm. But I also liked how it was almost perfectly like interwo- interwoven with themes of poverty and class division because I feel like those kind of went hand in hand throughout this novel. Because without the whole question of poverty, I I don't even think that and uh, Raskolnikov would have done what he did because he a lot of his isolation can kind of be contributed to his um, cupboard of a room, as we always come back to. That's uh, well put for one. And I immediately think of um, Katerina Ivanovna or however you pronounce Marmeladov's wife, who, of course started off you know apparently high class living life with her pinky stuck up Mm -hmm. and uh and then you know that just withers away and she's still only talking about it with katarina it was i i don't know it's kind of the same thing where we're watching all these karens throughout the world and how how they're just kind of breaking down in society i'd imagine she would have been Katarina, Karen, Rina, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, she would definitely be um, at the at the center of this Karen epidemic we're having. I can't help but think about how I just thought of this. This is breaking news here, but I don't think there's one well-off person in the book that isn't a complete um, skis ball, to put it lightly. Peter Petrovich, he's a... Uh, 
bad guy, but he's, you know, uh, I don't know about the talk of the town, but he's like a highfalutin government official type and all that kind of stuff. And then Sfid Rigliov, neither of those guys are any good at all. No, but I mean, each character in this novel has lots of depth, which I loved. They weren't just kind of thrown. Well, you know, there's a couple that are just kind of thrown in there. But if we're talking about our main ensemble of characters, very interesting uh, going from periphery to Dunya to, yeah, Peter and Svidrigailov. Yeah, they're just so multifaceted. Like there's many different um, angles to their personalities. Was there any maybe single character or any handful of characters that you might have wanted to discuss just because you thought that their particular arc was interesting or something like that? Hmm. I mean, maybe, I don't know about working our way down the list, but it's easy enough to start off with the main guy. You never quite know what Raskolnikov is thinking, and he's always getting himself into these strange situations. You learn that he's been charitable, like, for quite a while, because even something we don't see was him taking care of, uh, what was it, like a classmate's funeral expenses or something like that. And then we see yep. him give away any money he has multiple times throughout the book. Yeah. Just a small part of Raskolnikov's whole deal. No, I mean, Raskolnikov is definitely the most interesting character uh, throughout this novel. Every, everything that he does, uh, he I, I mean, he just makes the novel. Like, every, every single action he does, um, everything that he says is just kind of like, uh, you're on the edge of your seat, and it, it's like kind of uncomfortable because he's obviously a very uncomfortable person. <laughs> so he is unpredictable, unpredictable. But you know, some some girls like that, and Sonia loves it. You know, she loves I... that spontaneous personality. She maybe Raskolnikov is like, "Hey, let's do a road trip to Siberia on this weekend." Um, Them. I don't know about linking up, but just hearing that she followed him up there and then when they have their little scene by the river where he just starts crying because he realizes how much he loves her, it's just so sweet, especially for someone like him. I wouldn't have seen that coming a million miles away. No, especially with the way he's treated his family over the course of the novel and um, even Sonia, so... Yeah, but I mean, that was the greatest thing about this was just kind of seeing Raskolnikov finally come coming to light, uh, redeemed. Well, on his path to redemption. Uh, we're we're definitely gonna have to put a spoilers note in the description. <laughs> this is not a spoiler yeah, free uh, a review, well, but that's I assume, okay. I assume if someone's listening to this, hopefully they have you know they're up to date with the happenings of the book. Yeah, but I don't know. So who who was your favorite character out of this whole novel? My favorite character out of the whole novel uh, might be a little predictable, but (laughs) I think I got to go with, I think I got to go with um, Zosimov, the doctor, who was in in three pages of the whole book. You know what I mean? (laughs) He has, he has the most memorable quote in the whole book. If I may be so bold (laughs) and I may. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Say, yeah, say it one more time. 
One more time. One more time. I don't know, man. No, I no. think it's been said enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty memorable quote. Now that's a fetching girl. <laughs> oh, no. It's awesome, Av. You creep. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> you know, it's just good to have fun. But but it is for real? That is your favorite character? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I was like, ah. It's actually, now that I got to think about it, Raskolnikov is cool. Dunya just seems like a great lady. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Porfiry's uh, interrogation scenes were some of the most interesting parts in the whole book, I thought, when he's even breaking down his method for interrogating a criminal to Raskolnikov like while he's interrogating him. Yeah. <laughs> that was just some incredible pieces of the book there. But I suppose... It's easy enough just to say Raskolnikov because once again, he obviously did some pretty, pretty vile doings, but I still just, I feel for him a lot. Yeah. And we'll even talk about uh, my personal sympathy for other characters in books who may not be good characters exactly, um, you know, as we continue the series. But I just, I really do feel for him and his plight. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to say, but like you can relate to him. I'm sure like everybody's been in a bit of like isolation. Well, especially now with um, the coronavirus. But like, yeah, like isolation. Sure, there's nothing wrong with spending time with yourself. But the amount that Raskolnikov did was pretty unhealthy. And um, even with the recent pandemic, (laughs) the past pandemic, we're over uh, we're over the coronavirus. But no, I mean, yeah. What are you talking about? (laughs) Someone is listening. Someone is listening to this on June first of twenty twenty eight, and they're like, coronavirus. Uh, That's something my grandpa had to deal with. Uh, (laughs) 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 That's so twenty twenty. Um, yeah that's funny no it will be good to finally be out of this but it's just gonna take time um but he does spend a lot of time alone yeah uh and he also doesn't eat a lot and that is just not a very good combination but i don't think that's where all of his problems came from but i think that they certainly didn't help things yeah they're definitely multifaceted um i mean there's no there's no one thing that caused Raskolnikov to be this way um but one of the major things is just kind of his own theory uh didn't help where you know he probably just thought that he was good too good for everybody and maybe that's why he didn't want to go out but um that that isn't really something that's mentioned like his isolation it just is like yeah he's been in the state for so long but you know as we've seen throughout the novel he's not he's not easy to get along with so and his theory is very controversial very but it's actually kind of interesting at the same time because Uh uh-oh here no, we go. no. Are you about to reveal too much about yourself, Cole? <laughs> no, 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 no. But at that time, I mean, that's when the whole, uh, I think it was eugenics thing was coming around. The same mentality that Hitler had, the stupid mentality, they're superior compared to just because they're not Irish, they're not Catholic, you know, all this other things. Yep. And it's just, you know, unfortunately, we still see today, so... 
and I don't imagine it's going anywhere. But, you know, I guess just the beautiful people uh, having babies with the beautiful people, and then they just, I guess, do that for a thousand years, and then everything is perfect. Uh, Not actually, though. Yeah. Ugly people are important. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's my main point that I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah. And ugly podcast hosts are important too, okay? Yeah, uh, they are. Hey, <laughs> you know, I have always been told that I have a face for radio, which I thought was just <laughs> the nicest. Co- I can't quite understand what they mean because you can't see someone's face when you record, but I'm sure I'll figure it out one day. Either way, anytime someone's told me that, I just, you know, I appreciate it so very much. Yeah, that's another thing. Like people, <laughs> people are commenting so much on the quality of our voices, but it's just kind of like, uh, did you forget about the face? Uh, you know what we look like, um, but one, as long as we got our voices, that's the main thing, right? <laughs> one person who reviewed the iTunes, and if you're listening to this, please review the iTunes. Write write a little blurb. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Give us five stars. It'll make us look good and it'll make you feel good. Uh, One person said the world needs these handsome men and their handsome voices. And I still don't know who that is, but I got a pretty good guess. (laughs) Do you know who it is? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, see, I saw the name. Either way. Okay, enough of that. Um, (laughs) Now, outside of discussing the discussing Raskolnikov's impoverished lifestyle and his room that he sleeps in, was there any other setting in the book that maybe stood out to you as you read it or one that you just took note of either way that you wanted to discuss a little bit? Just the whole setting of St. Petersburg. I mean, at that time, it just kind of seemed like... uh... The way Dostoevsky writes it, I'm not, I'm not belittling St. Petersburg here, but just the way that he describes it and the buildings, the characters that, or the people that live within it, it just seemed like a very grungy town that would be perfect for Raskolnikov. I mean, it wouldn't make sense for Raskolnikov to be in the setting of a, uh, well, Switzerland. There we go. Um, in a happy huh. place where he, I'm, I'm sure if Raskolnikov was in Switzerland, he would be eating cheese and hiking all the time and he wouldn't have time for axe murdering. Well, once again, uh, looping back around to the themes and stuff, I guess what you're saying is uh, the way St. Petersburg sounds in the book is that it's appropriately like it it's maybe a bit of a mirror of himself just kind of a big mess or something Ooh, like that. yeah yeah it, it reflects raskolnikov and um but you know which characters. one came first the raskolnikov chicken or the saint petersburg egg not literally but once again i'm just thinking of if i mean assuming that he did start off with uh some mental problems you just kind of wonder what uh you know, what added to it so much other than everything, you know what I mean? Or maybe he didn't start off with anything and just the lifestyle that he led brought him to where he ends up in the book. I think, um, and this is another thing where I can relate because when I was living in Charleston, 
Um, I got an apartment. Well, I was in a dorm for three years, and that was depressing. Yeah, you were. It was a good time. It was the best of time. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. But oh my god! Like I lived in a, like a such a small dorm room, and you know, once I moved out, I got an apartment, which was fine. But I think when I moved into my townhouse, and I had my own backyard, I was connected with nature. I think that had a much better influence on like my mental health for sure like i think just just having nature change, in my backyard was so awesome changing everything up like that entirely you know what i mean because uh home is where you hang your hat at man you got to be comfortable at home you know what i mean that's where you're going to be sleeping yeah you don't want to be worried that some crazy stuff's going to go down when you're blissfully a slumber yeah and that's another thing maybe raskolnikov just needed like a couple live laugh loves on the wall um yeah yeah just some like feel good quotes that you see on the internet these days like you know your hat isn't that bad raskolnikov like you know it's a very nice hat maybe you just needed to hear that there is a good good callback to I think the first episode. He's got his uh, he's got his hat and he's just out rambling, and someone says, "Hey, that's a dumb hat." <laughs> At least it was counterbalanced later on by someone saying, "Now that's a fetching hat." <laughs> so uh, we really don't know where Raskolnikov lands on the whole situation. Let me just say too, I don't picture him wearing a hat when I read the book. I mean, I know he was in that one part. And maybe he does for the whole thing, but uh, I don't know. I don't picture him wearing a hat. I I guess the way I picture him is I I have this mental image of Rasputin in in, uh, mind kind of whenever I'm thinking of Raskolnikov, but maybe a more uh, cleaned up version of Rasputin. That that's Maybe. kind of the, the image that I got, like just the long hair, the beard, and just kind of like a crazed look to him. But interesting, yeah. You even look up artist renditions from different books, and uh, we've been posting a few different like artworks for the books on Instagram, and they once again all look completely different. Oh yeah, I don't think any of them really look like Raskolnikov. No, but once again, that's the beauty of the imagination. Yeah. Um, if you had to choose like one actor to play Raskolnikov right now, who do you think would just like knock it out of the park? I think if he, and I'm not saying this because I think he has to lose weight, but I think it would be appropriate for the character. I think uh, if Jake Gyllenhaal got down to like 80 pounds, oh. he'd probably make a pretty good Raskolnikov. You know, I'm thinking of um, mostly, what's that movie, Nightcrawler? Yeah, That's the one that kind of comes to mind when I say that. Yeah. I think Jake Gyllenhaal would make for an interesting Raskolnikov. He's a little older than 23 at this point, but hey, I mean... Like I said, that's just the first guy that came to mind, I guess. Yeah, I could see that. That would be really awesome. He's a very talented actor. I I do. And I just thought of this. I was going in between two of them, but I think this one takes the cake. Uh, No, Glenn Howerton. Okay, so I was thinking jokingly, yes, Glenn Howerton, but... If, golden god yeah i mean there are some similarities with uh their characters for sure but um i think if i had to choose one it'd be adam driver i think he could do it really yeah he's a good Kylo actor Ren himself yes i was, I was going to be between adam driver or well i guess daniel day lewis is kind of old now he's not 23 
but no <laughs> i don't know i um now after reading this whole tome of a book cole would you say that dostoyevsky could keep you coming back to his writings because i've heard i've heard good things about a few of his other books yes i i definitely would i mean it's definitely harder to read but i think i mean he's world famous for a reason and i i think the next one if we were i well i i foresee us eventually going back to dostoyevsky um hopefully yeah but he has a book called the idiot which i've heard is good and then the brothers something it's a karamazov i believe yeah th- those two hey. are supposed to be good so now isn't it really funny uh those are the other two books of his that i own really yep and that's not a teaser because uh reading a big book like that in like so closely <laughs> to the first one might kill me so it's still going to be eight years off before we get to one of them but yep i got i got both of them sitting on my book uh, oh. in my book pile i don't quite have a bookshelf yet but you know i'll have that soon enough okay yeah yep. I'd, I'd definitely yeah, like to get into one of those um but i also delved into a quote that i found with all the different protests going on across the states and the quote was from dostoevsky Ooh. himself and he said Ooh. one should not judge society a, a society based on their most noble people but on the treatment of their prisoners, not on the treatment of their most noble people, but their treatment of their prisoners, which is really interesting. Yes, that is quite a quite a quote. Yeah. So um, but what exactly what do you take away from that? Obviously, Dostoyevsky would probably he's got some feelings for the Russian government and it just kind of. It's still pretty relevant, I think. Like, the countries that don't have the best human rights record don't treat their prisoners that well. I mean, it's just uh, unfortunate. And even that there's still a lot of things that need reform in America as well. So definitely room for improvement. I think Dostoevsky would say the same. If we'll remember, too, actually... He himself had a bit of a run-in with the government early in his uh, life or career, or however you'd put that. Yeah, it would basically be the modern-day equivalent of him attending a Bernie Sanders rally, and then a bunch of police lock it down, arrest everyone at the rally, and this is like Dostoevsky's first time at a Bernie Sanders rally, and he's kind of like, dang, I kind of hate Bernie Sanders now. Just based on the people that showed up? No, because like, so Dostoevsky, when he was arrested, he was like dabbling a bit in like socialist ideas. And then right. like once he got back from Siberia and then he's kind of like, all right, guys, like, let's press the brakes here. Like, it's probably not the best time to be spouting these ideas. Like he became very critical about them. And that is reflected through the character that is Svidrigailov's roommate who is spouting all these ideas of nihilism and like... The uh, perfect society. Perfect society. Yep. So that was him kind of like dabbling in his criticisms of 
socialist reforms. Was there anything else you wanted to discuss before we got to our personal uh, ratings of the book? Yes. What was what uh, would you read another Dostoevsky novel? How did you enjoy his writings? I think that um, I heard a lot going into it and it intimidated me, but uh, I don't think it was the premise of the book that brought me into it, but something about it just kind of called to me. And uh, it's definitely like the meatiest book I've ever read, like mm-hmm. plot wise and page wise. And I still I didn't have too much trouble wrapping my brain around a lot of the stuff going on. I know they say that you got to get the right uh, translation and all that kind of stuff, but I would absolutely read more of his books because i uh thoroughly enjoyed crime and punishment yeah yeah it was meaty and once again like it was just one of those books that we both had uh when we first had the idea of the podcast is like yeah we both have that book you read it already in recent memory um and and i was kind of reading it at the same time so yeah, it's just kind of played out like that. And it was meaty. It was a lot to dissect. But overall, I think it's probably it's it's going to be really hard to top. Like I hate to like say, oh, yeah, this is our our best covering of a book. But just the book itself, like I think it's going to be very hard to um, kind of have that groove. Like I really liked the groove we had for this um, first series. And I'm excited for the next one obviously absolutely but yeah i just think it's uh it it was a great book to start out with i think that's what's uh so exciting about it too is like i said i'd read the book and certainly didn't take as much away as like actually breaking down the plot point by point and discussing it and it gave me a whole new appreciation for the whole thing yeah and it's it's been a while since I've done that. Like I my college career has kind of been, you know, plagued by all the different moves I've had in the military, but like I've been attending college and the last English class I took was probably 2 3 years ago. So I mean, and I enjoy this stuff. Like I love doing a deep dive into a book. So it, it was fun to do kind of on my own terms and not having to be graded on it. <laughs> yeah, that really, that takes a lot of the pressure off at one. It's pretty much just doing school work for fun. That's all this is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's all right, though. If you can't have fun, honestly, what can you have? Yeah. Yeah. And like we said, this is just uh, a fun podcast and if you're not having fun well That's you can uh, for. yeah you can just uh, uh keep listening because <laughs> we need the numbers <laughs> yeah hey please <laughs> we need the numbers uh, um i'm very excited to be getting into a clockwork orange with our episode coming out after this one because um i think i've probably mentioned it a hundred times but just because i really want to pat myself on the back about it but i've been writing the outline and i've been writing some of well i haven't been writing it in the nad sat form mm-hmm. but i'm just so excited to read some passages from that book because it is just a trip <laughs> yeah no it's it's just like one of those books where it is fun 
it is a fun book to read, just like interpreting that type of language for sure. I never expected that in a million years. And then I opened it up and I was like, wow, a whole book of this. (laughs) Yeah. But in a good way. But just think there's millions of other books out there too that could be just as fun. So millions of other books. All I know about is the ones that I have stacked up on my shelf. Uh, there's more than seven books. <laughs> uh, there's more than The Great Gatsby out there, I swear. <laughs> Ooh, The Great Gatsby. Okay, uh, enough of that, though. <laughs> did, you, did you want to get down to, did you have like a number rating or maybe something a little more basic for yeah. your overall thoughts and feelings on Crime and Punishment? Yeah, so I've been thinking long and hard, oh God, uh, about this one, and uh, I'm going to put it on a numerical scale of 10, and I'm going to do a little, I'm going to do a little fun thing here. We'll see how you like it, but I'm going to give it, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to give it nine bookshelves out of 10. All right, well... There you go. I was going to say five bags of popcorn out of five. A little call to um, on cinema at the cinema. I couldn't think of a good unit out of for the life of me. But yeah, I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. Fine. I'd give it nine bottles of cheap vodka out Ooh, of ten. Yeah, or that, that works. Pancakes. Or yeah, I'd give I'd give it nine groups of people running into a room where people are having a personal dilemma out of 10 because lord knows we saw that a handful of times through the book yeah nine nine rublies out of 10 um good rating nine yeah. out of 10 that's 90 percent. that's an a right i, I there, think if i'm not mistaken a yeah minus maybe? i think the only thing that would have gave it a 10 out of 10 was if Dostoevsky was not on like a deadline. I, I feel like this could have been fleshed out so much more. Um, not saying like it's not, but I feel like if he actually had plentiful time to complete his novels, I feel like we could have got like something even better if if that's even possible. But it's still hard to it's still hard to imagine like where Peter Petrovich went after the funeral because he kind of figured he'd come back with like a fire in his belly like no other. But yeah, at that part in the book, he leaves and you just never see him again. And maybe that would have come back into play if he wasn't uh, on a deadline. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, I think that's like the only character arc that we don't really see. Everything else kind of has a like good closure to it. But yeah, like. I, I just feel like 9 out of 10 feels good. I didn't really make like a grading scale or anything, but... Yeah, that's yeah. how you feel about it. Yeah, like I, it wasn't like my favorite book, but it's definitely in my top 10 for now. I, I think that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know what a 10 out of 10 is for me, but... Harry Potter. Harry um, Potter. What's the first one? The Sorcerer's Stone? The Sorcerer's Stone, yeah. I have heard so much good things about those books, and I'd love to read them, but there's just so much. Yeah, and I feel like that's a universe people are really familiar with, so 
if I may say, I won't. I don't have a numerical scale per se, just because I have a hard enough time. Like, if I watch a movie, I always rate it on my movie app just so that I can remember if I ever want to come back to it. Like, oh, I only gave that one a three out of ten. Maybe I won't bother. But even watching a movie, I have a really hard time putting a number to it. So all I'll say with Crime and Punishment is that I would uh, absolutely recommend it. I think it's a great book. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. I feel like most books that we'll go through, like we're we're just kind of blindly choosing these and covering them. But yeah, I definitely recommend reading this one for sure. But if that's you know if you're fine there, then I'm fine here. Um, read the book. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at the Bad Apple Book Club. We've been at 28 followers for like three weeks now, and I'm not asking for much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we oh, post some good content. Um, we're, we're, only follow if you want to. Yeah, we're definitely going to try to amplify the Instagram account, add more content. Stay- Um, stay tuned for a clockwork orange the first episode will be coming out next week next week so yeah stick around with us and if you're new to the podcast welcome welcome to our first book review and it will be the it won't be the last book review so no absolutely not it has been up to this point up to the six uh episodes we've recorded it has been a real pleasure cole and i am excited to see where this goes oh yeah yep so stay stay tuned for the fun stay tuned for the fun because let me tell you books are lots of fun so especially uh, the next one absolutely Alrighty. um thanks to anyone listening and have a nice day have a good one